Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Ed with Kiara. I hope you are all well and ready to learn a bit more about motivation. So today we are going to be talking about how psychology can affect your performance when dancing. This includes your motivation, your anxiety and arousal, and also psychological strategies that dancers might use to enhance their motivation and manage their anxiety before going on stage. A bit later on, we are going to be talking to Steph, who is a part-time dancer, about how she benefits from motivation and deals with her stress and anxiety. First of all, I want to ask our audience, what do you think motivation is and what does it mean to you? I want you to think about your answer to this for a moment. Have you got your answer? Well, the definition of motivation is the drive that you have that pushes you to succeed, which will make you behave in a particular way depending on the type of motivation. There are four types of motivation that suit different people and their different skill types. The four types of motivation are positive, negative, intrinsic and extrinsic. Positive motivation is the recognition, praise and possibly the reward of good performances that you may receive so you can reproduce the good performance. This type of motivation is usually more acceptable and a sustainable technique used for all type of athletes. Negative motivation is the feedback athletes receive from coaches, parents or friends who consider their behaviour or actions unacceptable or substandard. Intrinsic motivation comes from within yourself and is usually related to the concern you have for a performance. Extrinsic motivation is motivation that is from something or someone else like family, coaches and peers. All four types of motivation interrelate with each other because both intrinsic and extrinsic motivation can be both positive and negative. For example, if you have positive intrinsic motivation, it is a desire that comes from within you. Whereas if you have negative extrinsic motivation, you would feel threatened by this motivation. There is a table that explains this clearly, which I will include in my show notes if you would like to have a look at it. So now we are going to get an insight into Steph's experiences as a competition dancer and how she deals with her psychological needs whilst dancing. Hi Steph, how are you? Hey, uh, thanks for letting me come on the podcast today. I'm, I'm quite good. I'm excited to have a conversation about it. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Now, Steph, what is an experience you have had with positive motivation? Uh, So an experience that I've had with positive motivation, when I was quite young, uh, I was training in like more of a tap environment and I wasn't actually quite good at tap and I had an amazing teacher that just kept pushing me and kept going further and further and ended up that the results that I came out with in the exam were so much higher than I expected. And I think just positive relationships with other people I'm a very like I find my motivation through extrinsic people so I believe that if I get help from somebody else I'll feel better about myself so I think just that reinforcing and reproducing yeah it sounds like that teacher was really supportive and was the positive motivation helpful towards your preparation and how did it affect your performance so like I said before it helped overall with that exam style that I was in and because I was so young I didn't actually have much preparation in that actual exam but doing little practice exams and doing having the table out the front in the classroom and miss would sit there and then she'd tick and cross and she'd do little things that would just make us feel better and feel more prepared so we were less stressed about the actual day and even just being so young it was just really helpful altogether. That's really great. Now in opposition to that do you have an example of negative motivation that you have experienced in dance? So in dance uh, at another like in another style I'm not I'm not very good at ballet as 
it's quite common knowledge, but uh, I was about 11 or 12 when I was really doing ballet quite a lot. And I got told um, that I will never have the body frame of a ballet dancer. So there's no point like keeping going, if that makes sense. Like it, there's no point me persisting with it if I was not going to fit the ideal body type of a ballerina. So that was quite negative And it turned my entire perception of the performance and turned the entire perception of the actual genre off it completely. So I think that that negative motivation really had a detrimental effect on my performance. Did you find this effective towards your mental state and your performance at all? So I think definitely with your age is where those types of motivations can be beneficial or detrimental. Obviously, my examples are from quite a young age, being positive and negative and changed how I perceived genres and how I perceived competitions and just the complete idea of what dancing is. But now being more on that autonomous level and up on that state that I'm dancing nearly all the time. So having that negative motivation sometimes can just reignite my flames now, but being younger was just not right. Now that we have discussed examples of both negative and positive motivation, Which one do you think best suits you and your performance, Steph? So like I said, I'm very extrinsically um, founded. Like I get my sources through extrinsic motivation. But I think positive is great for keeping you going and keeping you persistent. And it's, it's always great to get that good feedback. Like you're doing this right. You've got great technique in this step. But negative motivation, if you've slipped up and if you know you've cut corners, then you should be held accountable for it. And sometimes negative motivation can help that. So I think personally a combination of both is really important. Both negative and positive motivation sound really important to you. Now that we have established and discussed what positive and negative motivation is, why don't we have a look at intrinsic and extrinsic motivation? We know from the description at the start of today's podcast that intrinsic motivation comes from within yourself and extrinsic motivation comes from people around you, like your coaches and peers. So what effect do each of these types of motivation have on your performance at a competition? So obviously leading up to that competition day and even like big performance days like concert and stuff like that, I find um, my intrinsic motivation is more thrived off the genres that I like and the teachers that I like and the the dance that you like, the, the dance that you prefer. So um, intrinsic obviously is the one where I want to be at home and I want to be listening to the song and repeat and I want to be practicing and doing it in my head and doing it before I go to bed and doing it wherever I possibly can. And then obviously extrinsic is when you get it from other people. So when I'm getting that praise or I'm getting that little push to get me to go further, I think both are beneficial. But if you don't have intrinsic, there's no point even doing the sport. So from what we are hearing, it sounds like these two types of motivation would affect your performance a little bit, but having good intrinsic motivation would greatly affect your performance. What are some personal experiences with either intrinsic or extrinsic motivation that you have had and how did this then affect your performance? So recently, intrinsic, like I said before, I don't have very good experiences with ballet. It's just not one of my genres that I like at all. But I know leading up to big performance days and big competitions and big marking sessions that are happening in my life at the moment that I need to have that top-notch technique because I don't want to be um, let down just by something that is modifiable and something that I can actually work on. So that's my intrinsic drive. That's my, I need to go to ballet because I need to get better because 
overall it's going to help my marks. So that's obviously my intrinsic drive and where that's coming from at the moment. But extrinsically, I get it. As a dancer, you get it everywhere. You're in a team sport environment. And although it's individual with how you're dancing in your own body, it's completely affected by what other people are saying and what other people are hearing and how they're reacting. And I think it's very, because it's so team based, you're just invite like your environment is just people 24 seven. That experience must've been really troubling for you. Which one out of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation would you prefer and would benefit you the most during a competition? So I think that it's really dependent on your age and your genre because dancing is so diverse in what you are and who you are as a being and your personality and things like that. Um, the underlying factor is that everyone has a form of intrinsic motivation, something that gets you out of bed and makes you want to go to dancing. Because if you didn't, if you weren't intrinsically motivated to be better and to do better and win a competition and get to that performance day, then why are you even going to the class? So I believe that intrinsic is the most important but obviously extrinsic just keeps you going and keeps that support system happening. Yeah I can see how that's beneficial for a dancer. Now we're going to move on and talk a bit about anxiety and how it affects your performance. Anxiety is an emotional response that reflects a person's feelings in two types of ways. Trait and state anxiety. Trait anxiety is a personality trait that is always with you and you are more likely to become anxious before an event. Whereas state anxiety appears at a certain point in a situation, which is their regular emotional response to that certain situation. So Steph, we have heard the different types of anxiety. Do you think that you might become anxious at dancing? If so, what type? How do you deal with it? And does it affect your performance in any way? So I think I have quite a high trait anxiety. I never used to, but now I really couldn't tell you where it's come from. But I just am anxious all the time. Day-to-day life is just sometimes making me really anxious. Um, I manage it through different things, especially when it comes to dancing. I'm not anxious to go to dancing because I enjoy the sport and I enjoy seeing my friends and I enjoy the social side of things. But uh, before a competition or before like Australian dance festival or like before the big before the big performance at the end of the year my state anxiety is through the roof so it's just having those deep breaths talking to people listening to music making sure that you're well prepared because you know if you've cut corners like if you have cut corners you're very aware that it's not going to be the best performance that you could have done so just overall managing that in your own being and how you are as a dancer Yeah, it sounds like you really know how to manage your anxiety levels and those strategies seem like they really help you a lot. We know that stress can sometimes be related to your anxiety levels, so we're going to have a look at the common sources of stress. As you may know, stress normally gets a lot of negative talk, but actually stress can either be positive or negative. Stress can occur when there is an expectation and a perceived ability to meet that expectation. Eustress, which is a positive stress, and distress, which is normally an unpleasant form of stress, are the two types of stress. The sources of stress are social, physiological, environmental, and psychological stresses. These four sources of stress are where stress can come from. After doing a bit of research on stress and how to deal with it as a dancer, I found the three top ways of dealing with stress as a dancer, so I'm going to break it down for you guys. 
The first way to manage your stress as a dancer is to breathe. Taking slow, deep breaths lets you focus on your breathing so your mind is only focusing on that and not everything around you that is distracting. The next way to manage your stress is to get enough sleep the night before. The recommended amount of sleep for teenagers is 8-10 to hours of sleep which most likely will enhance your performance the next day. Most dancers struggle to get the right amount of sleep every night due to dance, family and school demands, so having good organisation skills as a dancer would be highly important in order to juggle everything that has to get done. That then leads on to the third stress management technique, which is to manage your time wisely. Being organised will therefore decrease your stress levels dramatically. This doesn't just include packing your bag for dancing. It includes making sure all your homework is done, getting your uniform ready for school and also organising how many competitions and workshops you are committing yourself to each year. Whilst organising your time, it is essential that you factor in the time that you can take for yourself to relax and to treat yourself. A way that would help you organise all of this time during the week would be having a timetable for each day and setting out times for what you have on that day. I have attached the website into the show notes if you wanted to get more information about dealing with stress as a dancer. So now that we have established a professional view on how to manage your stress as a dancer, how do you manage your stress, Steph? So stress, like anxiety, it's a bit, it kind of works hand in hand. Um, If I'm in the environment of dancing, I don't like dancing in front of other people. I find it so individualized. I prefer to just be in my room with my mirrors than be in a room with 10 people watching me. So managing that is just the whole concept of dance like nobody's watching. Have those mantras that's like, it keeps you going for the purpose of you dancing, not for you dancing for other people. So just taking off that stressful environment of pressure I think is just really essential as a dancer yeah that sounds really helpful especially if you have those mantras that you're able to run through in your head to keep you calm and collected that would help a lot so we're going to go into optimum arousal now so optimum arousal is normally compared a lot to anxiety but they are actually quite different optimum arousal essentially is a physiological process whereas anxiety is a psychological process. Optimum arousal refers to the readiness of the performer on a continuum that stretches from deep sleep to high excitement. Arousal is essential for optimal performance, however, underarousal and overarousal can lead to adverse performance. The inverted U hypothesis shows that your performance will improve with increased levels of arousal, but only up to an optimal point which after that, if your arousal keeps increasing, it will have a harmful effect on your performance, which therefore means that if an athlete performs over-aroused or under-aroused, they may perform badly. In my show notes for this episode, I have attached a diagram of the inverted U hypothesis if you would like to have a look yourself, and I have also included a website which has a bit of information about the hypothesis on it. To achieve optimum arousal, you need to find your own happy medium of arousal and you also need to be able to get yourself into a zone to focus on what you're about to do. So Steph, what helps you get into the zone before you go on stage and what does the zone particularly look like for you? So in regards to optimum arousal, I 
kind of vary with how I am. Like I'm sometimes really over frenzied and over aroused. Um, but being in that zone where my peak performance can happen, I think that comes from a good stretch, um, best Spotify playlist you've got happening at the moment, talking to your mates, making sure the hair and makeup is perfect and you've got the good smoky eye. And I think just having those little routines, like I'm very routine orientated. So when I get to the day of competition, I'm there and my makeup's already done. Then I just got to make sure that the hair's done. And then I've got to have the stretch and then I've got to get ready and then I've got to listen to the music. And then I listen to the songs we're actually performing with and I'm rehearsing it in my head and I'm making sure what happens, what needs to happen. We usually have a lot of like um, changes. Like I don't know if this happens with you, but the week before a competition, they'll just be like, oh, I can't come to the competition. So I've got to completely re-space the entire dance. And that kills me. But I think just having those routines and knowing, going through the motions, and I think that just comes with experience and time and what you can do as a dancer and how long you've been dancing for. So it sounds like that having a routine before and during competition is really effective for you. So that's great. So now to enhance motivation and manage your anxiety, there are four main psychological strategies that can help with this. The main strategies are concentration or attention skills, which can also be known as focusing, mental rehearsal, which is also known as visualisation or imagery, then we have relaxation techniques, and then we have goal setting. Attention and concentration skills focus on having the ability to focus on the task at hand and also emphasising the importance of focusing on the process rather than the outcome. Mental rehearsal, visualisation and imagery is the technique of picturing the performance or skill before you have to execute it. This strategy is commonly used and relies on the power of imagery. So if you have a creative imagination, I think this technique would be really helpful for you. Trying the relaxation techniques could be really helpful when it comes to assisting an athlete to control and manage the level of arousal. These techniques may include relaxation audios, meditation or yoga. The other psychological strategy that could be really useful could be goal setting. Goal setting is where you can set targets that direct your effort towards an end goal, which can also relate to your performance or behaviour. So Steph, are there any psychological strategies that you might use at a competition? And if so, does it affect your performance? And also, does it improve your concentration when surrounded by big crowds or other teams? So I think the demands of the competition is really interesting with how you approach your psychological strategies. So like I was saying before, the mental rehearsal and doing that before, doing it in bed or doing it when I'm on side stage or having that stretch and getting ready, just being in a calm state is really like interesting. But obviously just the demands of the competition. If you're walking into a ballet competition, you're not hitting it with your Jervis hip-hop. Like you're wanting to hit it with a nice calm approach that isn't hyped up and isn't anything like that. And because my personality is so frenzied and so social, I find that the demands of the competition is where it's at. And I mean, using ADF as an example, uh, the vibe of that place was just, the competition was through the roof because you've got Australia's best dancers in one room and it's like, oh, I'm so intimidated. I'm just a little dancer from Camden. But putting yourself in those psychological strategies and doing those deep breaths and reminding yourself that you're all here because you love it. Yes, you want to win, but you're, you still want to be here because you love it. 
Yeah, and it really depends on your own personality as well. So someone like you, Steph, who has a frenzied personality, like you just said, would be more inclined to be talking to your mates and going through the dance together. Whereas I personally like to be very quiet backstage because it is usually where I like to get into my zone just like my other teammates would be doing at the same time. I like to stand in the wings and visualise my dance that I'm about to do but to do that I always need to shut my eyes and cover my ears otherwise I'll get too distracted from what is going on on stage. If I do get distracted by what's going on on stage with the music or dancing I just know my mind will go into a bit of a frenzy and I'll think that I don't know the dance and I'll start to become very anxious even though I'm already a bit anxious before that. So just before I go on stage, we get together as a team and do our team handshake which really brings us together as a team so then when we do go on stage, we are able to dance as a team while supporting each other and not dancing as individuals. So do you use imagery to visualise the performance that you're about to do and do you find that effective for your performance? So I find that this one's kind of a funny one because uh, Michael Domeski, he's an incredible dancer um, worldwide, he's from Australia but is known worldwide, um, when I visualise, I visualise him doing it for some reason and I don't know if you've put a video of me up against a video of Michael Domeski but we're very different dancers so um, just... I put that in my head and think this is the best this is the ideal this is what I in my ideal life if I was to train differently if I was to do something completely different from day dot of dancing maybe I could be Michael Domensky so if I'm visualizing Michael Domensky doing it I'm more confident I'm more um, I'm in the zone and I know what to do if the shoes come off or I know what to do if the strap breaks in the costume or and I think it also not only just visualising what's about to happen, regardless of who you're visualising, um, being prepared in those situations just comes with experience. Like, my costume snapped in half before. Like, you just have to deal with what happens when it happens. Yeah, as a dancer myself, I really find imagery really helpful as well, just to, like, predict what might go wrong and to prepare my mind as well. And so going on from that point, do you need to use some relaxation techniques to calm yourself down before going onto the stage? Or do you like how the nerves excite you? So I definitely think the nerves get me a bit hyped up and I come from a studio that's very performance-based and very, uh, we psych each other up before we go on stage. Like we're very, we hype each other up so incredibly much that we'd probably be seen as over-aroused. But um in my own being and in my own person, before going on stage, I'm doing those deep breaths. I'm doing that lunge. I'm going down into the splits, even if it's not a very technical routine, because just being in a relaxed like state within your own body and in your muscles, I feel like that just brings you back down to that, this is a competition. This actually means something. So I personally bring myself down, but I come from a studio where the nerves just, throw us up into the roof. Yeah, that sounds really beneficial for like the environment you're in. And yet again, like it depends on the people. So for example, me, I really need to take some deep breaths, concentrate on my own dance, not worrying about anyone else. We don't really get hyped up backstage in like at my studio. We're really like just trying to focus on the technique the precision, getting the dance right 
And that's just really important to everyone in the team. And I think that's really good. But but also, like you said before, like your team gets really hyped up. You like having a lot of energy before going on stage. You get excited, you get pumped up. And that's good for people with a frenzied personality like you. So that really suits your team well. And then again, like it really does depend on your personality as well so much. It comes down to you and who you are. So before you go to competitions, do you set any goals that you want to achieve by the end of the day? Not necessarily goals within a competition, but um, definitely goals within like a term or goals within weeks or um, like just what I want to achieve. So I had this massive goal to get my left splits and it never happened and it still hasn't happened to this day. But 10 under me still wants to have my left split. So you're working towards what you want and when you want it. And being a dancer, it's not always achievable. Everything changes, especially day of competition. So just being adaptable to what goals that you put on yourself and not putting too much pressure on yourself. Yeah, and going on from this goal-setting topic, I did receive a question from a listener who wants to stay anonymous. But shout out to you anyway. Uh, they're seeking assistance for some goal setting in a dancing environment and how they stay motivated to achieve that goal. So did you have any advice that you would like to say to this listener or anyone that's listening? Yeah, definitely. So I feel as if goal setting is something that's really brought through even with my own experiences at the studio. So maybe even bring it up with one of your teachers, you know, can we have a circle and discuss what our goals are or blah, 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 and just do that as like a weekly thing or a termly thing or even a yearly thing. And I think goal setting really is in your own mind and in your own motivation, your intrinsic motivation. So I kept motivated just by writing down my goals every once in a while and just reminding myself of what I needed. Yeah, that sounds really helpful to our audience. So thank you for that. And so which of these psychological strategies do you think you and your performance would benefit from the most? Um, I definitely think that mental visualisation and imagery helps me the most. Uh, Relaxation techniques, doing those meditations or going to Pilates the night before or making sure that I'm not sore or tense. I like to go and see, uh, I've got a good relationship with my chiropractor. So before a big day, I know I've got something coming up next Wednesday. So I've already booked in to see him on Tuesday because I know that that just takes off so much stress and so much anxiety about how Wednesday's going to go. If I know that my alignment is correct in a chiropractic point of view and my muscles aren't tense. So I just, peace of mind is what I use the most as my psychological strategy. Awesome. Yeah, I think that really suits you. Well, Steph, Thank you so much for coming in today and talking to us about your competition life as a dancer and how psychology can affect your performances. I really appreciate it. No worries. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed doing this podcast and joining and talking about these things that are so important to me. I can't wait to work with you again. It's my pleasure. Well, this brings us to the end of another Sports Ed with Kiara episode. Be sure to have a look at the show notes, which extend on what Steph and I have discussed about today. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening and hopefully you have learned something today. See you next time.